With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 121 of the College Loop Podcast. I am here joined the day with Mr. Harrison Tarr and Daniel Locke. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Dylan, I'm doing good. It's uh, opening night for the NHL, you know, rocking my Bruins sweater. They're tied 1-1 with the Chicago Blackhawks. And he, Brad Marchand's already given Connor Bedard a good old-fashioned Bruins welcome to the league, and you love to see that. How are you doing, Dylan? I'm doing all right. The uh, The Canes are currently losing. Has gotten to Oh, that was a little, <laughs> little rough. Uh, but the, the Phillies are winning. And the Dodgers haven't played yet, as we're recording this. So, Tar, how you doing? <laughs> Brandon Marsh just went yard. The Braves Thanks. are getting pounded ten to two. Yeah. This is episode two of a doubleheader tonight. I'm in hell. Let's talk about Auburn sports. <laughs> yeah, and in case y'all didn't know, Auburn is playing LSU this weekend in the last installment of the yearly Tiger Bowl. For the foreseeable future, until you know, until the SEC finally mans up and adds another conference game to the conference schedule, which is all we need to have a permanent Alabama Georgia LSU rivalry every year, which I definitely think is very important to the fan bases uh, to have those games every year. But just to get it started with this game, just to say, Takio Spikes, by the way, just throw it out there, he has Auburn winning this game. Yeah. And you'd be stupid to disagree with Takiyo Spikes. I think he's one of the top top five scariest players in college football history. Well, we'll have to see what you and I say on tomorrow's show. You will. <laughs> uh, but the question of Saturday is, who needs to step up the most for Auburn to walk in Death Valley in a night game scenario and take down the LSU Tigers? Well, for me, Dylan, it starts offense, on the defense. defense. Well, it starts on the defensive side of the ball. And we just had a fantastic uh, interview with a young man who's the sports editor at LSU's uh, Reveille. And uh, his P 
Peter brought up some really, really good points. Peter brought up Chris um, about the fact that Auburn's not going to just straight up outscore LSU. And it starts with getting Jaden Daniels and company off the field. And if that's possible for me, it starts with a linebacking core. And, and I know that I, I, I do this every week, right? You'll wind up going to position group, but this is the most we're going to wind up seeing the really necessitated need for a QB spy. And Jaden Daniels can get the job done uh, with, with his legs. I know we, you, you always, the, the world of the just traditional pocket passers pretty much of the past, but this is a guy that's going to beat you with his legs as much as he's going to beat you with his arms. He is a dynamic, a, a dynamic passer, but equally as much a dynamic runner. I think it starts with the linebacking core being able to stay at home and, and play a good spy on Jaden Daniels and, and making sure that they're giving that DB room a chance. It's not that I don't think this DB room is competitive. I think that certainly serves to Auburn's advantage in terms of slowing down this LSU offense. But they've got to be able to stay at home, keep Jaden Daniels uncomfortable, and put him on the ground. And then that slides up to an individual for me, Marcus Harris. You've got to put Jaden Daniels on his butt. You have to. Um, and it's not me saying go get dirty hits, but he's banged up. You've got to put him on his butt and make him think about it. And I, it's, it starts, in my opinion, in, in, in the box for, for Auburn. Daniel, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm going front seven. Um, you got to get pressure. If you don't, if you don't get pressure on the quarterback this week, it's over. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, if Jaden Daniels has time to throw, he'll kill you all game. Um, so you got to figure that out. Offense, um, I'm going with the online. Uh, they did well against Georgia. I didn't really have many complaints. Um, they did what they needed to do, and I feel like. Peyton Thorne had time to go through his progressions, more so than previous weeks. Um, and that's one of the best front sevens you'll see. Definitely better than what's coming this week. So if they can do that again and the front seven can get pressure, I, I've got to say I like Auburn's chances. I forgot to throw in my offense, by the way, Dylan. I apologize. Um, and Daniel, you bring up a great point. Uh, the offensive line is not where I'm going, but it's going to play huge factors. It is in every single ball game. Games are one of the trenches. We've heard this everywhere. That, that offensive line, if they can get Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, whatever you may have, whatever package you're looking at, if they can make sure to protect that backfield and whatever that looks like, they're going to be in good shape. For me, it starts with Jarquez Hunter, I think, on the offensive side of the ball. It's time for a Jarquez Hunter, hey, remember who I am game. Like a true, pure, this is the Jarquez Hunter game. And if he can do so in Death Valley on Saturday night, come game time, this is a completely different outlook for this Auburn ball club. And we spoke about this with Peter here just a moment ago, uh, Dylan. If Auburn does what it does best, and folks, let's let's just be real. I, I just said it the other day on, on, on the daily drop. Auburn is a pure, hard-nosed, run-the-football team. It's that simple. That's what this club does well. They do not pass the ball well, and let's not just pretend like that's going to change overnight. It might. It won't, but it might. What about over 14 nights? <laughs> yeah, what a, yeah, about over 14 nights, right. But Jarquez Hunter coming in and doing the things that we know that he can do, getting downhill, getting in between tackles, running physically, breaking tackles, and getting chunk plays. If Jarquez Hunter is able to do that, it A, keeps the ball out of Jaden Daniels' hands because you chew the hell out of the clock, and that is what Auburn should want to do the entire game. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. I'm going to mention on tomorrow's show a giant game of keep away. And Daniel, I think that's probably the best recipe of success. Hell, it almost worked against Georgia. Jarquez yeah. Hunter is where that starts. This is a stable of running backs, I understand, but you need a standout game from them, and you need a couple tutties. Yeah, if, if I'm going deep, turn off the defense here. 
you, you get banged up. Masana Kite out for the season. Now you're looking towards the the five-star freshman uh, to come in and replace him. Keldrick Fox, a guy I'm going to be keeping my eye is keened on this entire game because I want to see exactly uh, if he gives us exactly what we thought we are going to get right away or if he's going to take a little time to develop. Uh, and, you know, he's getting his first career start. And probably, if not the most, the second most hostile environment in, in the entire sport. Uh, yeah, Kilder Fox is a guy I would I would love to see like come into his own right away uh, as soon as he steps onto that field. Offensively, uh, this LSU defense very very bad at stopping the passing game. Uh, some again, like you said, Auburn doesn't do very well, but I really need a Shane Hooks uh, big time performance and a to kind of go up and get it, uh, give a security blanket to because uh, you have to pass the ball to win games nowadays. And this LSU front seven. For as bad as the secondary is, the front seven is not bad. Uh, so you're going to have to pass the ball a little bit. And Shane Hooks needs to have that game that we've been waiting for for a hot minute now uh, to really show himself. I mean, Luther Burden had his had a standout performance against LSU last week. And it seems like a wide receiver always has a standout game against LSU, and it's time for Shane Hooks to finally step up and, and do that. When you look also at, at key points in this game here, Dylan, I'm flipping to the defensive side of the ball again. I apologize. You're absolutely right about the Auburn receiving core. you got to exploit the fact that the LSU secondary, let's be honest, folks, for the first time in a really long time, the LSU secondary kind of reeks. And and, and I, I'm being sincere when I say for the first time in a very long time. Let's look at the Auburn secondary who does not reek and is quite the opposite. You've got a guy, Emily Neighbors, that you can't guard him. You have to, you, it, it, he's damn near unguardable. There's got to be some guys that make plays. And, and by that, I mean your DJ Jameses and your Nemi Pritchett's and your Kyan Lees of the world, your Jalen Simpsons, which by the way, I'm going to touch here in just a moment, something that he needs to get done, but that are going to have to lock up one of the most dynamic receivers in college football. If Auburn can do so and make LSU a little more one dimensional, Tigers have a good chance. Excuse me. The Auburn Tigers have a good chance. I, I feel good <laughs> in saying the Tigers are winning this game. Let's talk about Jalen Simpson for a second here, folks. Country's leader in interceptions. You got to have one come from him on Saturday. I mean, it doesn't have to come from him, but he's got to come up with something on Saturday. Jalen Daniels, uh, Daniels, excuse me, gosh, having two elite quarterbacks with the names that close to each other should be illegal. Jaden Daniels does not throw into a lot of mistakes. Auburn's got to find a way to do so. But since he does not turn the ball over through the air, guys, where can another turnover come from? Who forces the fumble? Who forces LSU to into a four and out, which I I would still classify as a turnover and not a turnover and downs rather, and like an aggressive situation? Who could step up on the on the defensive front and say, "Hey, we got to get the ball back because let's be real, we're not going toe to toe in in an offensive boat race with this team." Uh, I'm looking at Eugene Asante. Uh, you brought up the linebacker core is going to have to be a big, uh, big uh, component of this game. Eugene Asante, uh, without without Austin Keys back until uh, who knows when, uh, it's going to be Asante and Larry Nixon. Uh, those two guys are going to be the key part of uh, trying to find a turnover whenever the secondary isn't going to get one or can't get one at that moment. Uh, and that's just going to be a key component is just making sure that Eugene Asante is in the place where he needs to be. And honestly, Zion Puckett is the guy I'm really looking at as well. Uh, uh, you talk about the secondary and what Jess needs to do. I mean, help defense is going to be a key part of playing a safety. Uh, Mike Neighbors, really, really freaking good. So is Brian Johnson Jr. 
you can't you can't let either one of those get open in space. So, but to answer the turnover question, Eugene Asante. Yeah. Well, what, what's the difference between a buck and a bite, though? Sorry. Anyways, Dan, uh, Daniel, to put a nice little uh, little little bow on our LSU conversation here before we talk a little bit more about Auburn football and Auburn recruiting, we gave our scores as we recorded our pregame show earlier today. It is time for your Auburn LSU score. Give me your breakdown scores and why. I've got LSU winning. Um, I think it's going to be more defensive than anticipated, but I think LSU gets it done 2017. Um, I think Auburn will be competitive the whole game, but just kind of like the Georgia game, I feel like they're going to just out-talent Auburn at the end, and I think Auburn drops a 3-3 three and three on the year. I think that that's on the table, and, and for those of you guys who have not, uh, who have, I guess if you you had already listened to this show before you listened to the pregame show, but for whatever reason, if you missed that and you're listening to this show retroactively, you'll, you'll hear my, my, my takeaway on that. LSU's got a lot to play for. Not that Auburn doesn't. Auburn absolutely does. Every single game matters in this conference, and I am not naive to that. But the door's still open for LSU to win the West if they get a little bit of help. Now, if they beat Auburn on Saturday, they will be the biggest Auburn fans in the world coming down the stretch because Auburn can play a lot of help to the Bayou Bengals. There is an element of an LSU night game and a Brian Kelly team with the backs against the wall that does not cannot afford to lose another game in the conference playing an Auburn team that's on the come up right now and in the middle of a rebuild under a first-year head coach and that very well could be suffering a bye week slash we almost beat the number one team in the country hangover. That's a real thing. So the intangibles there I don't think play in Auburn's favor. But when I, I put pen to paper, I feel a little differently. I believe Josh Pate calls that playing in wounded animal mode. Uh, just back into a corner. Uh, it's fight or flight. You gotta, you gotta stay a little cautious of LSU here. I think you're cautious of LSU regardless. They're ranked football oh, yeah. program right now. And I know there's a lot of speculation. There's some people that think that they shouldn't be in the top 25. I think they absolutely should be. They've got two quality losses. I mean, uh, let's, let's be honest. It's a tough league. And one and a half. One and a half. Okay, sure. But <laughs> let's look at Florida State. I mean, a lot of people think that they're a premier team in the country. I'm reluctant to agree, but still a quality quality loss on that on that record. And that club is a lot better than how they're playing right now. Um, and, you know, Dylan said one and a half. Ole Miss to this point has been a phenomenal program in, in 2023. You, you can cry about it all you want. Are they, they going to lose a couple games? Yeah, sure. But they're going to lose a couple more games rather? Yeah, sure. They are one of the premier teams and still very much in the hunt in the SEC as well, which – We'll talk about that next week when we come down the stretch to what, what Dylan will coin Ole Miss hate week. Dylan, Every week is Ole Miss hate week. Something else you hate to see, a decommitment from the class of 2024. Yeah, Auburn lost a commitment of one of their four-star defensive backs to Lewis Solomon. I'm trying to pull up his uh, 24-7 as we speak. Uh, from Melville, Georgia. Uh, it's as simple as I just think he really loves South Carolina. Uh, you know, it's it's hard not to love a team that's maxed out at six wins a season. Uh, it's good for him. Uh, bowl games every year, uh, maybe. Uh, probably not. Uh, maybe two out of the four or one of the four. Uh, but, yeah, Auburn lost the commitment to Lewis Solomon. Uh, huge loss uh, for all you casuals out there. But Auburn still has a lot of great defensive backs in this class, and they're still going after one of the top defensive backs uh, in the state of Alabama. 
uh, and Caleb Harris, uh, safety from Thompson High School. So get a little get a little plug in there to get the you know get their quarterback. And let's not forget, not many people think that Auburn's out for KJ Bolden yet. Uh, exactly, uh, but yeah, Joey Solomon. Uh, it's a it's a it's a loss that hurts the rankings a little bit, but not so much that you should be very upset about it. This stuff happens all the time, and and recruiting and every and oh, and everyone knew that you you couldn't keep this whole class intact. Yeah, and everyone everyone knew, everyone was kind of shocked as a whole when Julius Solomon committed to Auburn, because uh, it it was like a 50-50 race between Auburn and South Carolina, but I guess yeah, like I said, he just loves him some Beamer ball. But I mean, look at the defensive back class again. I mean, you still got Jalen Crawford, you still got Jaden Lewis, who's a absolute freaking monster on both sides of the ball. Uh, then you have Amon Lane as well. Kinsley Faustin still in this class. And his class uh, ain't done yet. I mean, everybody in this class is going to be a uh, meet a game changer as soon as they step on the field. But Caleb Thompson, or Caleb Harris from Thompson, is a is defensive back Auburn is looking at to replace the loss of the decommitment of uh, Jaleel Solomon. So I wouldn't be too bitter about it. Let's also not forget that Jaleel Solomon loved South Carolina. And when you look at the Auburn DB room right now, that's probably like the only position group on the field where you're like, I'm probably not going to make an immediate impact now um, just because there's so many bodies ahead of you. I think you still would. But uh, there's still so many bodies in front of you. So it that is probably one of the tougher sells on this team if there was such a monster. Uh, right now you're trying to sell the brand, I understand, but uh, the DB room is probably the most congested area. Yeah, on- of the positions that we have committed, I'm A-OK with losing one defensive back. Yes, no more. If we start, if we start I don't want to lose any linebackers. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose DeAndre Carter. Don't want to lose Walker White, Bryce Kane, Perry Thompson. And I don't want to lose anyone else. Really. Yeah, literally but, nobody else. Nobody. I'm okay else. with losing like one defensive back because that means that we're just so loaded. <laughs> there, Auburn's so loaded at the defensive back room, Dylan. It's got me feeling loopy. Just being I'm feeling very loopy. I'm just being uh, being honest. And, all over the place, really. And honestly, there's just a T-shirt that I could be wearing right now that would that would make me would project how I feel. And that's the College Loop War Report Podcast Network co-branded feeling loopy T-shirt. You can pick that up at www.thewarreport.com. Only twenty five dollars comes in five different colors. Most comfortable T-shirt you will ever own. Ten out of ten Daniel Locks recommend this T-shirt. They say it's the most comfortable shirt that they have ever owned. And we certainly certainly appreciate your ongoing support. If you guys want to go pick up the T-shirt, make sure you use hashtag feeling loopy when you post a selfie on Twitter. And we'll throw it up on the next stream, whether that be live stream, post game show, or just one of our regular old episodes. Just boring old normal us. I know sometimes that uh, it's it's not it doesn't have the pizzazz. It's outside the loop, but it'll be just as fun. And we certainly appreciate your support. Also, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell on this video so you can stay up to date on everything oh, on the college oh. loop. If you're watching on YouTube, yes, no. Forgot to add in. Uh, we talked about I, we did this on the last recording, but uh, get leave your predictions for the LSU game, and the closest prediction will find their way where the score will find their way onto the next episode of the college loop i would like to add a caveat only if you can prove that you're subscribed to the college loop if you give us a score prediction and you're not subscribed i'm not throwing your score up on the screen because that's <laughs> something you could quite easily do oh, that and so we, have a, we haven't said his name episode yet uh robbie ashford scores three touchdowns by the way against lsu ah yeah you had to throw in the, the throwing it throwing it out there in case no one in case everyone misses the next the friendly next reminder before we move forward and we're about to talk auburn men's basketball right here on the college loop got a lot of nba players we're going to talk about here in just a moment and auburn alumnus but on the topic of liking and subscribing to the video, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button because Colin on Saturday has to start, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, fasting again until you guys get us up to 700 subs. So do Colin a solid. He really likes food and likes to eat. So let the man eat. 
and ring the bell while you're at it. So you stay up to date everything we've got going on here at the College Loop. All right, gentlemen. Auburn men's basketball right here on the College Loop. Auburn has six players that are beginning their NBA preseason on this fine evening. And we're going to walk through them. I'm just going to name off real quick. And let's talk about who has the biggest 2023 campaign and who has the most approved in 2023-2024. So your candidates are your usual suspects, Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, Isaac Okoro, Chimo, Kiki, Sharif Cooper, and JT Thor. I want to know from you guys who, in your opinion, will go around the horn for the first question and we'll go around the horn for the second, but we'll do them one at a time in, in order. Who has the biggest 2023 campaign in the NBA of the Auburn alumnus? Daniel, your opinion. So, <clears throat> for the first time, Chuma Okiki is going to be one of the featured names on the Orlando Magic. Um, he's going to see an increased number of minutes, and he's just going to be more involved. Um, so, I think that this is the year, and the fact that, you know, it's a time in the NBA when it's very loaded in the West, um, in the East, a little more breathing room. There, there's still a lot of stars in the East, but I think this is the year that Chumo Kiki finds himself not in the All Star game, but in the conversation to be on the bench for it. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I think Chuma could have a potentially very, I guess, a career year for him for sure, just on minutes alone, just on on, on opportunities there. I'm going with Walker Kessler. Uh, I think Walker Kessler is an NBA All Star this year. Man, the Utah Jazz won the hell out of that trade. Let's just let's go ahead and accept that first and foremost. And it wound up benefiting Walker because the Jazz wound up being this feisty young team with a good young core. I think he's got the pieces around him that Walker Kessler really could have an, an NBA All-Star appearance this year. Maybe not starting, like you mentioned a second ago, Daniel. But I think that he'll have a legitimate solidified case to be on the bench for that, for that, for that squad. Another kind of under-the-radar pick for me of, of this group, Really think Isaac Okoro um, could wind up being on the All-NBA defensive watch list this year. I think that, that could really happen. Lockdown defense has got to get better at three-way scoring and, or three-level scoring. I know that he's running out of time on that developmental piece because the NBA is not patient. But I do think he's got a lot of upside still, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Dylan? You know, yeah. I'll, for for sake of uh, how good it would look on graphic, I'm gonna, I wasn't going to go Walker Kessler, but I'm going to let you have him. I'm going to go Bari. Uh, I think Bari had probably the best preseason of any NBA player that played. Uh, not preseason. Uh, the what's it called? The when the young when all the young players play. Oh, the FIBA World. FIBA, not that. Uh, no, the, the the preseason for the NBA, but it's just for the young. Players. Oh, summer league. Summer league. Uh, he had two games that summer league where he looked like an absolute monster. I think you're going to see that a continuation of that. He was a grown man playing with boys. He was. Yeah. Uh, even though he's younger than most of them. I know. <laughs> but uh, Bari's got a new number. Uh, he's got our new number. <laughs> he's got a. He has. He has his old number back. He's got a tattoo. Uh, he's got a sleeve. Right? Which looks has, sick, by the way. It looks, it looks great. Awesome. And it's going to be really cool as him and Walker both uh, go into the All Star game <laughs> together. Uh, and it's going to be really awesome to watch that happen as well. Watching them two play again. To, with each other again is going to be just watch a little tear coming down the outside of my face. But yeah, Bari, Bari is going to be who I think is going to be the, uh, he might have a chance to win most improved player. I think. I think that's on the table. Absolutely. Let's talk about who has the most improved. And there's a handful of really good answers. Just, uh, just by a show of hands before we get into this, who here is going to say Sharif Cooper. So Daniel, you were going to say Sharif Cooper. Yes. Okay. Dylan, were you going to say JT Thor? 
I was actually going to go uh, either Chuma or Okoro. Okay. So we've got got a handful of answers here. I'm going to open it up with Daniel here. Let's talk about Reef. And and let's let's have this as, as a discussion here about Reef. Reef's getting his chance this year um, to actually make an NBA roster for real. Daniel, why and ha- how does Sharif prove that he belongs in the league, and ha- why does he have the most to prove? Well, this was guy very highly ranked coming out of high school. Um, in the quarter of a season, he got an Auburn Tigers uniform. Uh, he did great. Um, made an instant impact, and in, in his first game, almost led Auburn to an upset over a very, very good Alabama team. Um, then he went to the draft. A lot of people thought he should have stayed. Um, I really I, I think that, yeah, I really think that if Sharif Cooper plays with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, that team has what it was missing. Everything it was missing embodied in Sharif Cooper. I really think that team gets it done. But you know, you don't always get what you want in life. Um, so was a second round pick. Could have been a first round pick. Um, definitely had that potential. Um, but yeah, I think this is the year that he has to prove that he didn't stunt his development when he left Auburn early and that he does in fact deserve all the hype that he once had. There's also an element guys, tell me if I'm wrong. This kind of feels like the last chance for Sharif Cooper. And I know that may be a little bit of an exaggeration. He could float on a G league roster for probably forever, but this feels like if this is not the go-round where Sharif Cooper gets on an NBA floor and gets opportunity to get minutes and plays good ball, it's probably the end of the road for his professional basketball career. Auburn fans don't come at me. I'm just saying what I the, the way the league works, it is a cutthroat league. In my opinion, probably the toughest to make it to the top of, of, of the professional sports, just in roster size alone. One of the toughest, if not the toughest, to stay stay at the top of. I think this is the last opportunity for Sharif Cooper. And that's kind of why I asked you guys um, off the top of your heads there um, who y'all were going with before I kind of went with my option because I think there's really three solid choices here. And Dylan, I'm going to let you go here in a second. I'm going to go with JT Thor. You want to talk about a guy that was given a little leadway last year. Saw some minutes. Also saw being floated up and down and just watching his team play from the sideline. JT Thor... Showed flashes of greatness at the collegiate level and then really showed off what he can do in the professional level last year in the handful of opportunities he was given, but they were few and far between. We're about to find out if JT Thor is actually going to be a for real NBA player in terms of being able to produce on a nightly basis or if this guy was one of the most overrated college basketball players or basketball players coming out of high school maybe ever. It's it's and I know that sounds super super dr- dramatic. His ceiling that a lot of people thought of like NBA borderline perennial all star was nowhere near what his ceiling's nowhere near where we thought it was. But I do still think he's got in him what it takes to be a nightly contributor at and the National Basketball Association. If he gets the opportunity, the leash is short. This is going to be the year that he, in my opinion. Outside of, I still think Reef has the most to prove. But outside of Sharif Cooper, JT Thor is the Auburn alumnus? No. Auburn, former Auburn Tiger with the most to prove in the NBA. I would say he came in, not even, a, he played not even a freshman year because yeah. he was like 16 or something. <laughs> right. 17, but he, whatever. 
yeah, I like I like Butthead's answers a lot. Uh, JT is a guy I've never really been high on. Anyways, I never really thought he I was wasn't high on him when he was at Auburn, to be honest. Yeah, I I never really thought he was like going to be the dude wherever he went. I thought he could have been if he would have stayed another year. You know, he still would have been the same age as everybody going to the into the draft if he would have waited a year. Uh, and that's the he still would have been young. Exactly, you would have perks of reclassifying. Uh, Reef is a guy I thought about saying Reef, but then again, I'm probably the highest on Shreve Cooper than anybody in in here because during the summer league, uh, I I literally said I think Shreve Cooper's going to play his way on a onto a NBA roster to the chagrin. He still of everybody hasn't done it. He still hasn't done it. I mean, he's played his way onto a preseason roster. He has not played his way onto an. He's got a. You know, he's got a hoop. He's got a hoop. He can hoop. I don't. I'm not disagreeing. But he has to hoop coming into coming down the stretch this preseason. But a player I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Chuma Kiki, uh, a guy who hasn't really seen a full season yet. Uh, and Chuma, talented player, great player all around. I cry every night to the to the thought of what could have been in that in that uh, March Madness. <laughs> uh, but uh, now that he's going to start seeing more playing time, he's going to see himself as a probable starter. Uh, he's a prove it. Uh, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to prove that this uh, young Magic core is going to be worth keeping around uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, I just need to see. I just need to see what that Disney patch can do for Chuma as a starter. He uh, he's, he does get to play next to Paolo Benchero, which, I mean, hate him. You can hate him all you want. Dude is as advertised. Um, there are pieces in Orlando that should prove that they actually are kind of competent and trying to rebuild right now. But Go ahead. My favorite part of uh, the last NBA season was uh, telling all the uh, Magic fans who that uh, Paolo Paolo Benchero wasn't the best rookie in the in the league. I was like, oh yes, Walker, and they just got very upset. <laughs> yeah, they they would get upset, but I still maintain that you're correct. Oh my gosh, what Walker Kessler did last year was spectacular. Okay, there's our predictions for our, my expert knowledge, ball knowledge of the NBA. That I we are under we are under thirty days away from Auburn basketball. I know both Auburn women's basketball plays basketball this month. Just saying, not real basketball, but pretend basketball. Well, men's men's basketball plays uh, AUM, I believe, uh, on the first, right? Yeah, on the first. Yeah, well, women's basketball plays on the thirty first. Just saying, we have Auburn play? hoops. They're pretend hoops, but they're real hoops this month. I know. Can I just like live ask you guys a question? Daniel, you're still in school. Maybe you have the answer to this. Why did Auburn go away from tip off at Tumors? How much money do you think I make to where I would know the answer to that? I don't know. I just felt like maybe you would hear through the grapevine, you know? No, I don't know. Maybe because last time they last time they did it, uh, a potato man walked out and said that uh we got Georgia here this year. And said that basically they were going to beat Georgia. <laughs> okay. Well, last time I went, at least. I don't know. That was the last time they had it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Last time was uh, our senior year of college. They only had it twice, I think, because of COVID once, which sucks. Bring that back. Anyways, tip off at Tumors was awesome. Anyone who's like, oh, I couldn't see, bro, shut up. All right, it was cool. Yeah, Dylan Carwell wearing a crown, walking around. With uh, He had the scepter, too, in the case. Yeah. <laughs> I have pictures but, of that. That did happen. So that was super, super fun. Keep an eye on that for thumbnails later on in the future from basketball. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. For all the times that I give crazy Dylan Cardwell. Um, anyways, let's 
let's throw out a huge birthday shout out real quick, gentlemen, as we're recording the show. I know this is going to come out the day afterwards, but friend of the program, Auburn baseball legend, Ring of Honor, Baltimore Orioles AL Rookie of the Year, and Baltimore Orioles Ring of Honor, Greg Olson. Congrats, you're old. <laughs> I tweeted him today and he said, sucking up, you're trying to get an A, you already graduated. I was like, dog, I was just being nice, but all right, Greg. You had to come at me like that. Um, Auburn baseball, fall ball should be this month, right, Daniel? Yep. Um, game next Friday against Bama. I don't know about the other game. Oh, wait, no, it's November 4th against um, one of the La Tech in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. I like how Daniel's like, I don't know, and just spits out everything, every single fact about Auburn fall baseball. First pitch is at 630. Sometimes I forget that I know things that I do know. You see, this is why I asked why Auburn discontinued tip-off at Tumors. Well, that I don't know. <laughs> I just had to ask. I had to find out. Auburn softball's got a doubleheader on Sunday. They'll play Coastal Alabama and Enterprise State at Jamie Moore. Okay, gentlemen. Do you okay? The real question is it you don't do you throw Maddie Penta? I don't think you even throw Maddie Penta. She, she, hasn't, she hasn't been throwing at all either. Let, let Emma Rolf get get comfortable. Let the two freshmen get comfortable, and just let Amelia. Annabelle Weidra still throwing, right? Yeah, she is, and she's batting too while she's while she's pitching. So, and just let let the depth show why they should say depth, or or show why our depth is important in the pitching rotation. Uh, so we don't have to waste Maddie Pinta's arm every weekend. Uh, and let I think it's made of rubber. Break. True, <laughs> <laughs> but we do need to. We do have a soccer player who wants to come on the show. She just needs to respond. <laughs> That's right. If you're listening. We won't name drop, but come on. You play first base. Come on. Yeah, you, you play first base. You are filling a gap that is uh yeah. You you were you were transferring in from Maryland. That's right. We not to be specific, but like if we were being specific, like <laughs> come on the show. Okay. Question Daniel opinion. And I've always found this kind of interesting. So we see every every sport at the collegiate level has some kind of off-season scrimmages. Whether that be the A day game for football, whether that be the overseas trip that you get once every four years for basketball, uh, whether that be baseball, softball, and 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 fall, in your opinion, how much does that really play to a benefit of a program? Because I feel like it's a long way off the season, and you really don't know who you have. I mean, it's a, aside from football, like that's a separate thing. But, like, with the baseball and softball and basketball, it gives you a chance to compete against someone who you don't see every day, who you aren't a roommate with, who isn't one of your best friends. Um, because, you know, if if it's a – like, you know, Harrison, I'm a renowned defensive back. Uh, you would have been a good wide receiver in your day. If we're going against each other every day in practice, but, you know, everyone who watches this show knows how good friends we are, we're not going to give it your all because I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to moss you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. You're not trying to You're not competitive enough. Yeah. Well, anyways, in practice, you're just not going full speed anyways. So for the other sports, it's just the mental aspect of going hard against somebody who, you know, isn't a teammate. And then for A-Day – that just seems like one of those things that you need to do. Um, I don't think it's really overly beneficial. Um, Agree. You can't. You don't really learn at all what you have from it. But 
is a chance to play in your main stadium. Um, and I don't know. That's not a very in-depth answer, but it's just kind of what came No, out. I mean, it is inherently different, like you said. I think yeah. for softball, for me, I think it might be more valuable to the coaches. I really do. Yeah. I think it's it's figuring out, like, no penalty for messing up. There's It does not matter if you lose. You won't. But, like, there does not matter if you do. Well, I feel like that's not just softball. Like, in baseball, if you have a close game and you, you know, throw someone out there to pitch an inning. Yeah. Um, you just see, like, okay, can they handle coming in to hold a one-run lead? Um, can they not? And Yeah, it's um, – it's kind of how I feel too. Can I throw in this pinch hitter in this situation? How do they how do they operate under pressure? Yeah. I, I I get it, and I'm not I'm not dogging on it. I mean, look, if, if Jamie Moore has the gates open and they're playing softball, I want to be there. Uh, but at the same time, I've always kind of been like, eh, she feels like a great opportunity to get hurt. But I, they're practicing anyway, so I don't really know what I'm on about. Moving on to soccer, they'll take on Texas A and M at home on Friday night. They're looking to build off their big win over the number six Hogs. See if that's doable, if that's a one-time fluke. I've got my feelings on that. I won't expand. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Volleyball's traveling to Knoxville on Saturday to take on – I don't know why it says this – on Tennessee in the Orange Country, so have fun with that one. Auburn's volleyball, absolutely on the up and up. Big-time win last week, continuing their trend upward and toward NCAA tournament play as we come down the stretch in this season, and SEC tournament play, rather, correct? I'm not tripping. There is an SEC volleyball tournament, right? Uh, I think that starts next year. Okay, just kidding. And uh, <laughs> trending toward uh, – I thought it was this year for whatever reason. Okay, sorry. And then a question will take on number 10 UT Martin on Friday at 10 a.m. Did not even know UT Martin had an equestrian program until okay, today. They're, they're dogs. Yeah, apparently they're goaded. So, well, they can't be goaded when you're taking on the horse school. But – all things considered. That is all we've got today for the College Loop. Daniel, tell everybody where they can find you, love you, and support you. Um, you can catch my written work for 1819 News, the Auburn Daily, or Braves Today. Um, you can follow me on X or, t- damn it, X or Twitter, <laughs> at Daniel J. Locke right there. Um, and you can follow the Bruins on Instagram, at all lowercase Bruins. I'm Harrison Tarr, at by Harrison Tarr on the Bird app. If you want to come hang out with me, if you want to support the College Hoop, there are two ways that you can do it. We appreciate them both. The first way is easy. The first way is free. And it is the most important and valuable way you guys can support us. That is like, subscribe, and ring the bell to the show. Make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms. Dylan's going to plug, plug here in just a minute. Make sure you like, subscribe, and drop a comment on today's show. Let us know what your thoughts are on the Auburn LSU game, what your thoughts are on who, is the, who has the most approved for Auburn ba- basketball alumnus in the NBA as they begin their season? Throw a little shout-out. Happy birthday shout-out to Greg Olson. Everyone shout-out Greg Olson in the, in, the, in the comments. Show him some love. Go make sure you hang out with him on Twitter. And the second way that you guys can support us is by the hashtag Wardam shirt, as Colin Byersdorf is saying. That's on thewarreport.com, www.thewarreport.com. Comes in five different colorways. When you purchase a shirt, use hashtag feelingloopy. Go on Twitter, take a selfie, put it on yourself, put it on your dog. I don't. We don't really care. We'll throw it up on the show anyways. And as a reminder, if you give the best score prediction, the closest score prediction for the Auburn LSU game, we will make sure to share it on the show as long as you are subscribed. Thank you guys so much for listening. Your support is means everything to us. Make sure we give us five stars, thumbs up, smiley face, whatever platform you're listening to, whatever the best rating is. We certainly appreciate it. I want you guys to know that we don't 
your 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 support does not go unnoticed and it is not unbeknownst to us how much you guys mean to the program dylan tell everybody where they can find you love your support and then let's get out of here of course i'm dylan laura at your boy the tank on twitter slash x rex of course it's just right there at your boy the tank at y-a-b-o-y the tank also have an instagram at dylan lark at d-y-l-a-n-l-a-r-c-k and, of course, if you want to follow us here on the College Loop, we have us literally everywhere on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, The Works. Again, right here on YouTube. We just like, comment, subscribe, leave your picks for the Auburn LSU game. Uh, leave your picks for who's going to be the best Auburn player in the NBA this year. Uh, leave who's going to be the, who's the best Auburn player in the, ML, in the MLB, in the NHL. There's not, I don't think there's no single There's no the one in the NHL. But just in case there is, <laughs> uh, choose that one. Uh, who, who from the Auburn club hockey team is going to be the next NHL star? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so on, so forth. And, of course, if you're tired of watching the video version of the show, I completely understand. Uh, I get tired of seeing Tar's face, too. Uh, I, I, I am number one. Thank you, Tar. <laughs> I can read through your microphone. Uh, you have us on the audio versions as well. We're at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. And, of course, with all of that and everything being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. As soon as I find the ending, there it is. <laughs> 